it's been four months, 500 cups of tea, 600 trips to the loo, 640 hours at work, and still not enough time to set up Axis and Allies. Welcome back. So the happy, happy board game loving is back. Uh, we may not be better than ever, but at least we're back, and uh, you can rely on us to uh, hang around probably for this episode. Then who knows? After that, maybe I'll be back for even longer. Um, today I've got a number of segments I want to get into, but I'm not going to tell you any. I'm going to leave them all as a little bit of magic, like in a pie when you don't know what's in the pie. Uh, you have to eat your way through the pie to get to uh, the different parts and go, Ooh, it's a cherry. Ooh, it's a little bit of banana. That's what the segments are going to be like today. You're not going to know about it until you get there. But rest assured, they at least know what they're going to be, even if you don't. So just cling on to my hands and I'll lead you through the, uh, the torrid waters because you're safe with me. The one segment I will tell you about is that I've got a very exciting interview, which is a first for the, the loving, as I like to call ourselves, the loving, in inverted commas. Um, it's with my good friend and uh, an excellent podcaster, Mike Hibbert. At least I think he's my friend. He might hate me behind my back. But at least my face is a very nice guy. Uh, so, got an interview with him later on. But like I say, apart from that, everything is shh. Okay? So don't tell anyone. And let's get on with the show. It's all gone, Pete Tong, you slang. Hurrah! Yes, it's the uh, the first part of the show, which uh, this week is the slag of the week. Fantastic! I've missed it greatly, and judging by uh, the copious, the strangely copious amount of messages I've received from listeners of the show, thank you very much. Uh, I'm sorry for letting you guys down for so long, um, but it's everyone else's favourite segment too. It gets them through the day. When the clouds are grey and the birds are silent, the wind is blowing, it's good to listen to what other people hate. In England especially, we love it. We, uh, we love a loser. Oh yes, we, we love to hate things. Oh, it's brilliant to live in such a, such a wonderful place and yet be depressed constantly. What greater gift can there be? Anyway, before I carry on, I just realised that... Uh, I've been to Lou 600 times in the last four months. I'm a bit worried as to whether that is um, average or not, or if I've got any severe problems that need checking out. Um, any doctors who may be listening, especially sort of urinary, if that's the right phrase, doctors, then uh, please email me at hamster of fury. That's H-A-M-S-T-E-R-O-F-F-U-R-Y at hotmail.com, and uh, let me know if I really need to visit one of you guys, or if everything's okay down there. It's good to know these things. Anyway, uh, back on track. The slag of the week this week is a game that most of you already know. I don't like very much. It's um, a game that over the Christmas period, which was the last time I did a podcast, which is now four months ago, um, over the Christmas period I was trying to avoid, and I did manage it actually. And then coming into um, April, 
I thought I'd I'd managed to guide myself carefully past its main breeding ground of sort of Christmas time, and I thought I'd escaped into another year without having to play it until oh no, it was thrown upon me when into a into a get together of friends. I um, we were told to take some games. Stupidly, I didn't take games for a big enough group because there were more people there than I was expected, and this was forced upon me. Ladies and gentlemen, it is taboo. Now I know some of you guys like taboo. You you chortle and chuckle in its cheeky little mixture of wordplay and entertainment, light entertainment. I'd place it as. Um, on Board Game Geek, uh, which is a great website, BoardGameGeek.com, your home for all board gamey goodness. Um, Taboo is rated 6.5, which is which is reasonable. People like this game. It's um, four to ten players. They said you can play even more. Beautiful, you know, a big group round. The the little picture on the front of the Taboo box is a, a smiling person with a hand over their mouth. Oops, they've said the wrong thing. They're thinking, but it doesn't matter because it's a party game and we're all having a great time. Well, I'm sorry to ruin your fun, Taboo, but I don't like you. Now, the problem is that I think I've been spoilt in that I've played Taboo before with people that are on the same wavelength as me, and it's quite entertaining, but play it with the wrong people, and it is awful. For those of you that don't know Taboo, or those of you that, that get very excited by listening to people uh, describing games, oh, well, we've all got, to, all got to get our own off in different ways, I guess. Um... Taboo is a game where people take turns in describing a word or phrase on a card. I don't know why they say phrase in this review, it's a word, generally. Like tree, or, I don't know, apple, or psychiatrist, something like that. And uh, below that word, there's five words which you must not use. Uh, so you, uh, you can't use the word tree or apple if that's the word you're after, as well, to say, what is this word I'm thinking of? It's tree. Oh, is it tree? Yes, that's right, well done. So you can't use the word that you're trying to describe, and you can't use five other words. So for tree, the words you might not be able to use are trunk, or branches, or leaves, or maybe oak as well, just to add a little bit of depth to that. Um, so you'll have a minute, or two minutes, which is on a sand timer, and you, uh, you try and get for as many of these cards as possible. And uh, if you say that word tree, or one of those other five words, um, then someone has this big pink annoying buzzer which is very annoying and they buzz it repeatedly it's kind of more like a <coughs> noise uh, it's even more annoying than a buzz and uh, you've made a boo-boo you said a word that card's discarded without scoring and then you go on to your next card all the cards that people in your team guess right you get points for oh, how much fun could this be you know it sounds great the problem is that the, the most fun I have playing this game is when I use uh, strange analogies to get to it. So if the word might be python, I might say, um, Monty had a flying circus, and then people say python, if they knew what I was getting at. But because the way my mind works is a bit weird, and I'd use that, other people might be going like, flying circus, Monty, what they're talking about? Normally in that accent, and it gets very frustrating. I think I'm being very smart, especially if I'm using football or cricketing analogies, which some people get, and some people just like, huh? And it can be horribly frustrating if you're in the wrong group. I don't even think that it's that good as a as a group party game. There are, there are better light games. I, I'm a big fan of Pictionary, get a bit of drawing going on. Um, and if you want to do, if you want to be very wordly, 
about such things then uh, play Absolute Balderdash which I've reviewed in oh I don't know happy board game loving number two or three or four maybe even five or might be six or one I can't remember but that's not the point Absolute Balderdash is great Pictionary is good actually Taboo for some reason annoys me and I thought I got away with it and to be hit with it from that sideways glancing a uh, glancing blow as if someone had blindsided me with a with a bag of spanners. Um, it was very disappointing. It was alright. I think our team might have lost, in fact, by a point. But that doesn't help. A close game doesn't necessarily make it a good game. Um, fortunately, this new version of Taboo we played had a scoring track, which uh, mercifully makes the game a lot shorter. So uh, those of you who might have the new modern version of Taboo with a score scoreboard scoring track, rejoice in the fact that you won't be forced to play it for an hour and a half because some people really like it and it's really fun and crazy um, with a scoring track it keeps it short so if you are going to play Taboo use the scoring track but I say that it is a slag of a game it should be a game that's right it should be a game and uh, this is part of the show where I look at a concept within life be it shopping or, or Christmas or maybe a, a video game or a book or something and decide that it should be made into a board game and uh, for this week's choice we're going to start with a nice little musical in entry to give you an idea of what I could be talking about can you guess listeners well can you That's right, it's Eurovision! Hurrah! Fantastic, either. I've gone and grabbed my flag from my bedroom, unfortunately. I don't have a British flag, I just have the English flag of St George, which probably makes me a racist. Um, I assure you I'm not, but we'll let the government think what they want to think. Yes, it's a Eurovision Song Contest tonight. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, which you may be American, or you may be Australian, or you may be Saudi Arabian, and uh, don't have the complete knowledge of what the Eurovision Song Contest is, please ex excuse the clicking as I go through the website. The Eurovision Song Contest is um, takes together all the countries from Europe, and those that wish they were in Europe, like uh, Israel, and uh, puts them, oh, that's a very political, I do apologise, um, and puts them in a big singing competition is a very cheesy affair that was our English our British I guess entry scooch uh, they're a fine handsome bunch of uh, men and women dressed up as um, air hostesses doing a rather dodgy uh, dance routine and singing a rather cheesy song um, as most of the countries do in this competition it's a it's a celebration of cheese generally um, you won't find much good music in it but it's a bit of a laugh and uh, the idea is all these countries enter in um, the be uh, the so-called best ones automatically make it through to the final but in, in practice it's very corrupt and it's the ones that give the most money to the competition like us and the Germans who never win either and um, everyone else uh, 
qualifies and the final 20 odd tonight yay, in the Eurovision final night perform um, this year it's in Helsing Helsinki in Finland uh, that's one for you geography fans and uh, everyone gets to watch it on TV and then we'll vote for who our favourites are and then they go around each country who give their votes they give uh, nil poids or du poids or, or four points or six points uh, my French is a bit ropey or douze poids douze poids? Maybe if that's 12 that's 12 that's the best you can get 12 points if you were the best um, and then all your points over the evening add up you can't vote for yourself sadly um, all the points add up and uh, and your, your Greeks and your Turks don't give each other any points and all the old Balkan countries give themselves loads of points and the Irish give us four points just to kind of keep us happy and uh, it's very political the voting it's absolutely brilliant and uh, it's generally a laugh. If you take it seriously, you've got severe problems. And uh, it's just a bit of cheesy, light-hearted television. And tonight, you'll already, if you're listening, it might already have happened, but I'll be sitting at home. My missus is at a wedding. So even worse, I'll be watching it myself, which is quite depressing. But I'll be there with pizza and beer and having a bit of a sing-along and a bit of a dance with my English flag around my shoulders. Anyway... What's this all about, you're asking? Well, I think it should be a game. I don't know how it's going to happen. I'd imagine they've brought out a game for it at some stage based around a bit of general knowledge. Maybe answering old trivia questions about Sandy Shaw and Cliff Richard and Abba. Or they may have... They may have brought one of these uh, DVD scenic games about it, if they haven't, you know. There's a cash cow, guys. Come on, don't be stupid. But, you know, those, that's the easy way out. Unlike a, a complicated Eurovision game, I want one that's um, that's a heavy, involved game um, along the five or six hour route, as is the actual competition itself in the evening. I want some kind of performance, and then everyone having to go into a, a heavy voting phase and uh, points tallying, very maths heavy, and uh, people who play it have to have political leanings towards other people at the table. So, however good some people are, um, no one will vote for them because they hate them. Um, I believe some countries when they've been at war or um, there's not so friendly a leader in charge do tend to get pretty much no points from anyone and uh, if anyone remembers those uh, quite attractive Russian lasses tattoo they entered a few years back and got randomly booed by a lot of the countries not me I was a big fan of their performance so yes I was um, but not in a, a perverted way um, but I was a big fan of it but a lot of people didn't like it because they were like professional singers that have come back to perform for their country so that's what I need in a game. We need we need um, politics. We need a long game. We need lots of voting. We need singing and performances. And most of all, we need young women scantily clad in school uniforms. That for me is a perfect board game. And that for me makes Eurovision what it is. Eurovision Song Contest. I salute you. You should be a game. Um. Um. Uh, oi! Do I look like Buddha? Ah oh, yes, it's the part of the show where I uh, look at a game that I've played once and uh, once only and instantly dismiss it for the rest of eternity. Uh, I can be a fickle mistress sometimes uh, which could throw all kinds of ideas into your brains and all sorts of images you didn't really want to see but I can be and uh, I start rating games um, both mentally and uh, on the Bond 10 system on uh, Board Game Geek um, after playing a game once and 
I know it's probably wrong of me, and it probably shows a, a certain immaturity that uh, some of you wiser and uh, more heavily bearded uh, members of the gaming society and community um, don't do. I do apologise for my lack of um, integrity in that, but I think it's important to rate the game and then see how your view of it changes over time. And uh, So this is a game that I've played once. I played it with my weekly uh, gaming friend Richard. I don't li I don't like gaming buddy. I don't know why, but uh, I find it I don't know a bit strange to say gaming friends just as hard because it sounds a bit weirder. But uh, the guy that I generally game with, um, G T I R G W, as I always call it, or oh, I will from now on. Um, he bought he uh, brings different games each week. He's got a lot of new games that we try out and uh, a while back earlier this year he bought a game called Struggle for Rome which um, apparently oh, is uh, is connected it's part of the franchise that created some uh, a game I'd never heard of before called uh, Settlers of Catan which apparently is known as a cash cow uh, whatever one of those is um, this is a game that is based on that and uses um historical setting of um, the Roman Empire to um, build the game. It works in kind of the same way as Settlers of Catan in which you roll dice at points to uh, get all your different stocks that you're nearby whether it's your sheep or whatever. I can't remember what it is in Struggle for Rome. Um, it involves some kind of cows and horses at some stage. But um, that's quite loosely based in that you are moving your people around. You're using cards from your hands a lot more and uh, has that kind of hexagonal um, shaped board area which um, leaves parts of Europe looking slightly strange and dumpy but you know we can't complain about that that's how the board's set up and fair play to it it adds more in that um, you kind of create armies which you enlarge and then try and take over strategic cities and sack them or you um, once you've got enough guys around you can m start moving into the cities and spread out from there uh, which happens very late it seemed to happen very late on in the game and I just used it to mop up the last couple of victory points and that I needed to win. Uh, Richard didn't enjoy it at all, I don't think. Um, I'd had much more experience with Settlers of Catan than he had, and I seemed to understand some kind of strategy needed early on, and I jumped out to pretty much an unassailable lead, which also made it a bit less enjoyable for me. Um, I don't think it was either of our faults, it was just um, to, we both tried different tactics, and one worked and one didn't. Um, it just for me it seemed like they were using kind of some of the concepts from uh, Catan and uh, trying to paste too much onto it and it, it just seemed messy it doesn't it didn't seem enjoyable enough um, there seemed like we had to use the dice to get the um, to get resources have to it's because it's a Catan game but at the same time oh you know we're trying to break away from it and try new things and it kind of got stuck in the middle ground that didn't really work very well at all um, it's average rating for those of you that like that kind of thing um, on Board Game Geek is a 6.9 out of 10 which rates it as the 610th best game ever 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 made um, which for those guys of you that played 600 and 10 games. I don't know if you'd rate it up there or not. Um, I may do then if I get around to playing 610 different games, but um, it's nowhere near the top for me. Of course, my scale is a lot smaller than um, having 20,000 games or whatever, but it 
just didn't work for me. I'd be slow to play again. I don't. I think Richard's unlikely to bring it over to play again. I don't think it'd get any more entertaining with more than two players. Um, I know that it generally says that three and four is the best, but it's just one of these games where more chaos comes in. You're waiting more time for your turn. You're having to do all these other bits and pieces in between. It just gets a bit annoying. And so for me, um, Kampf um Rom or uh, Struggle from Rome is is a letdown and uh, it's a shame really. You know, Catan's alright. Uh, this has let down the series, I guess. There's, there's other historical um, sort of spin-offs of it that I'm really not interested in looking at all now. So uh slipped up a bit. Um, I don't like it and I'm not going to play it again because I'm not Buddha, you know. I can't help it, you know, I'm not Buddha. I look a bit more Buddhist now that I've uh, shaved my hair down a bit. But, you know, I, I don't go around in my orange robes. I don't wish peace and love on all things and uh, and try and find internal enlightenment. I'm not Buddha and uh, I don't like Struggle for Rome and I'm not going to give it a second chance and I'm not going to play it again. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Ah, Moldova bringing the goods to Eurovision again. That's right, pop pickers. They're doing a good job and uh, on with the show. Interview, 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 interview. It's an interview, interview, interview. Oh, I'll tell you what, I'm definitely signing up to try and enter Eurovision next year. We need a win. Vote Morris. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, on to the interview. Uh, rejoice in the magic of Hot Recorder and Skype. Uh, sorry for the slight dip in sound quality, but it's to be expected. Okay? I'm not a perfectionist. You shouldn't be either. Enjoy. Hi, well, I'm joined here today, everyone, by uh, a man that you will hopefully all know. He is one of the three voices, perhaps the sexiest of all voices, behind Into the Gamescape. Um, Mike Hibbert, I met him at Manicon, I game with him at Costa Dice and Midcon, he offered me the chance to sleep in his bed at Baycon, which I unfortunately had to turn down, he's the Sultan of Settlers, the General of Gaming, the King of all he surveys, so Mike Hibbert, hello. Hello Lou. How you doing? Well, to be honest, my Chalfonts are giving me a bit of jip, but okay. Thank you very much for your time Mike. It's a pleasure. Bye bye. Bye. Finland, 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 a fine song, a fine tune for Eurovision, but there's just not enough um, obscure ambient electro for my liking on a Saturday evening, but who knows, you know, 
one day there might be just that perfect song that I will happily spend my 10p bringing up to vote for. Anyway, thanks uh, to Mike for that insightful interview. I'm sure that has um, answered a lot of questions for you about um, what Mike is like as a person and what his gaming hobbies and his gaming preferences are. I am here to help after all. I am but a humble servant in, in the eyes of many and I should be a humble servant in the eyes of you, the listener. Thank you very much. It's time for a feature, a feature. We love features on the show. It's a time for features and magic, but mostly features uh, and no magic. Right, uh, time for the feature of the week. I must apologise and uh, admit that this is my second turn at recording this feature. The first one, believe it or not, went on about four times as long as I wanted to, and I realised I can actually be quite boring when I put my mind to it. Um, fortunately, you guys will never hear it, as I've deleted it, so uh, it won't ever even go in a bloopers reel, although it will become a very bloopers, a very long bloopers reel with it in. Um, anyway, as you all know, I've been away for four months, and I haven't been anyway exciting, mostly starting a new job, uh, but over that time, I've played some games that um, I would like to on the air salute. Um, often I'm very negative about games I don't like, but um, today I'm going to salute 10 humble games, and I'm doing a little salute now. Um, 10 games that have restored my faith in gaming over these months. Hurrah! Hooray! Not everything is bleak in my world. At least some games can bring me happiness, at least on the odd occasion. Um, so I'd like you all now to stand up and uh, as we all know that I do like a bit of audience participation, participation in my shows, so uh, please stand up, uh, whether you're at work or at home, or uh, maybe not in the car, maybe uh, um, mentally stand up if you're in the car, but if you're a passenger then please do stand up, that's what the sunroof is for. I'd like to stand up um, and salute as um, I give you the ten games that have restored my faith in gaming. <laughs> You wouldn't believe that as a real trumpet, would you? I think I need to get a new one. Right, so uh, as is the way with these kind of lists, I'll start at number 10 and uh, work my way to number 1, unless I get confused along the way and mix them up a bit, which I've done before. Anyway, uh, I'm going to hurry through this. Number 10, Guatemala Cafe. Um, it's a game of uh, planting, well, I guess planting coffee in uh, Guatemala. <laughs> wow, it's, it's a brilliant idea. Um, the idea is you... Um, take pieces of one board, wooden pieces of another board by uh, cunningly taking them off in a in a predetermined manner and you place them down the other, in the other board to um, control regions and to inc increase your area of farming by um, adding women to farm for you and then you uh, ship it away and you score points for it and the person with the most points at the end wins. It's simple, when we were getting into it neither, neither me or Richard thought we were going to enjoy it but you know what, we did and for that it deserves a salute on its own. So Guatemala Cafe Number ten. Uh, number nine is Axis and Allies Miniatures. Um, it's basically Axis and Allies, but with lots more miniatures and a uh, lot less map. Um, it's kind of played in, I don't know, somewhere between a war game and someone like Memoir or something. You roll dice, move guys around, shoot each other. Brilliant. Um, look at the lo lovely, pre uh, pretty, pre-painted miniatures, and generally have a bit of a blast. I think it'd be better once a proper um, campaign is sorted out for it, which I was grumbling about, that it's all very well and good and it's quite entertaining on its own, but once um, you've got a reason to be fighting and trying to win a conflict, and uh, the amount of losses on one side um, affects 
future battles, then brilliant. I'm going to play, I'll play a lot more when that happens. Um, I was going to do my own, but then I heard a rumour that um, some official ones or someone with a much smarter gaming brain than I um, is sorting it out. So uh, roll on that, and then it might raise even higher in future. Uh, number eight is a little bit different. It's a little card game called No Thanks, where um, you're trying not to collect the cards, and you uh, you have a limited supply of uh, chips, which you put down on a card when it's your turn to avoid picking it up. When you decide that the number of chips on it outweighs the the points value of the card, then you just pick it up and get all those chips as well to m give you a stronger bargaining for the next turn, and so on. And it's the person with the least points who wins. There's a couple of other different rule bits in there, but that's the main gist of it. Um, myself and the missus um, both enjoyed it, as did uh, Richard and his missus. It was a little cheeky little four-player cards game. It plays more than that as well, and it's good fun. So no thanks is a good game, so that it deserves a place on my list. Uh, number seven is a game about rapists in well, a rapist in um, in old London, which is a charming tale of a of a of a man who uh, raped. But um, fortunately, it's been turned into a game that's a bit more um, entertaining and lighthearted than that. Mr. Jack. Um, one of you plays uh, Jack the Ripper, the other one plays Policeman trying to track him down. It's a game of deduction and trying to uh, trick other people into thinking that you're not who you are. Um, you control one of like, the, the characters on the board and one by one the detective is trying to um, prove that it's not certain people by um, trying to shimmy them away from the lights or into the lights and then each turn you ask whether that Jack's in the light or in the dark. If they're next to the light they're in the light, if they're out of it in the dark. Those that are different to Jack of course can be um, taken out of of who you think might be Jack and so you narrow it down to the one person and then try and capture him Jack's just trying to get away as quick as possible from the area but there's special ways of doing that but it's a good game deduction game for two players you do you play Jack then you play the copper and you take in turns good fun number seven Mr. Jack number six is a game that I actually dipped deep into my pockets to pull out and it's Hollywood Blockbuster it's a uh, <laughs> sorry Fable Knizia, um auction board game um, we all know that I hate Ra, but I like Hollywood Blockbuster. Hurrah! Perhaps because I am very interested in movies, whereas my um, interest in Egypt is neither here nor there. But then again, Ra is hardly Egypt-based. Um, in Hollywood Blockbuster, you try to create the best movies. Um, the graphics, frankly, are appalling. I'm trying to make my own at the moment. If, if you're the graphical artist of Hollywood Blockbuster, Hollywood Blockbuster, I really apologise about this. But it's not all your fault, it's the fault of the people that decided to um, call Sean Penn, Sean Pencil, <laughs> it's so clever, and uh, and other bad plays on words like that. Um, it's a good game, like I say, I'm making my own bits for it now, but the mechanic is spot on, so once I've got the pieces sorted out, it'll be a great game, good fun, that's uh, Hollywood Blockbuster. Number five is a fancy game. Oh, I hate fancy games, but I like Colossal Arena, which is number five. Um, it's you get all these fancy creatures like these uh, these colossals and these titans and whatever to fight in an arena. You each bid on who you are going to try and get further in the round because you play cards to get them further down. At the end of each round, um, one once um, one of the colossals is knocked out. And so you get one less each time until there's only like three left, and those three pay out on the people that have uh, put bets on them. Brilliant! You can put bets on right at the beginning and get a higher return, or you can put them on a bit later on when you think there's more chance of the colossal making it through, and you get slightly less points, but you're still a winner, and that's the main thing. So um, I think it worked better with a slightly different theme, 
but nonetheless it's a really good game uh, one that I didn't think I'd like when it's got out but I really did like by the end so number five Colossal Arena number four is our cheeky little beggar of a cheeky little game um, it's Tuluva it ticks all my boxes that I like it's quite attractive to look at uh, the map builds up as you go along it's a 3D map a lot like uh, Java and uh, to a lesser extent like Tikal and, uh, and also Torres where you're um, trying to get power on different levels as well as um, on the flat and I like that in a game um, you're trying to build up your little towns and get all your pieces on the board basically but there's special rules how to put different um, huts or towers on the board which is nice and then when, some, when someone thinks they're winning you can cause a volcano in their region and knock out loads of their um, huts which is frankly hilarious and I love doing that so uh, number four to leave a good game number three is um, probably the closest to a war game I've ever got I don't know if it classed as one but it seemed like it to me it's at Bonaparte at Marengo um, which is a fine game I'm sure we played it horrifically wrongly I was the French Napoleon trying to uh, defend against the Austrians at Marengo I guess um, it's very interesting that it's um, you've got your blocks which of course the other opponent can't see um, but the board is, into, is uh, broken up into loads of different uh, regions which you move between and your positions can either be just like in a normal position or they can move up and sort of take an offensive line and if two people take offensive lines and you start having battles and things like that it's really cleverly organised it doesn't feel like there's too much luck involved in it at all it does actually feel like there's a lot of skill involved which I like that and um, I'll be wanting to play that again before too long so Richard uh, when you listen to this and we've, uh, we've got around to playing Wellington bring it back and we'll have another go uh, number two is another complete shift in balance and it is on the underground it's a fine game oh it's a beautiful game it's a game where you are making the underground lines or the subway lines um, for those who um, call it a subway rather than an underground for me a subway is a sandwich um, but enough of my food habits um, on the underground is a game where um, you're competing to create the lines to create um, a London underground it's beautiful because um, the coloured um, wooden blocks that you use to create the lines make it end up looking like a map of the London underground and it's it's just really nice to play in that you're laying lines to try and get a fat tourist around London because he doesn't like to walk too much and he wants to make the least number of changes as well on the underground so you're trying to get into different areas and you score points if he takes your lines uh, you score points for connecting up certain parts um, of London those of you who and listen so, and so forth it's really good fun um, um, into the gamescape will of course by now heard that um, Mike took it out and played it again um, due to my recommendation to him um, it's great for 2-3 players less good with higher players apparently I'm avoiding it with 4 or 5 quite frankly because I like games where I kind of feel slightly in control and not too much chaos based especially if it's a game that I'm investing time in uh, On the Underground isn't long necessarily but it's sort of too long to have too much chaos of like 5 players and not being able to plan ahead I like to plan ahead I like short term goals I like to have to play with what fate has dealt me and so for me On the Underground is great fun and I thoroughly recommend it but not as much as my number one which um, will have more of a niche market of course because it's a two player game that's about three hours long sometimes if you play it to completion it is um, Twilight Struggle it's uh, based on the Cold War which um, I'm too young to remember being born in 1980 so I was born at the tail end of the whole kerfuffle um, and the horrible kerfuffle it was too um, <clears throat> in this one person plays the Soviets which is generally me and one person plays the Americans and uh, you're each vying to take control of different 
uh, countries of the world. Um, at the same time, you're trying to beat each other in a space race um, to get bonuses. At another time, you're both trying to um, sort of over overcome countries, overthrow leaders, and um, place yourself in control in those places as well as um, attacking each other's countries. But if you take it too far, um, the DEFCON level raises and you end up going into nuclear war and if you go into that the person that sent it into nuclear war loses as do pretty much every other person on the planet but um, it's a good game played it a couple of times um, again it's got a lot of um, tactics but only using what has been dealt to you so you get dealt eight cards and then you play them over over the turn which takes a each turn takes a while but you play them over the turn so it's very much doing what you can with what you're given so there's some planning ahead but you can't plan ahead too heavily um, I like installing um, Fidel Castro in Cuba, that's generally my favourite card, um, which is always good fun. And uh, this is a very good game, um, so if you have got a few hours to um, spare and you don't mind um, a rather strangely horrible paper map, which looks good, but it's a bit papery and bendy and foldy at the edges, um, go for it. Brilliant game, Twilight Struggle, I can't recommend it enough. That is my best game of the year so far and it might stay my best game of the year so um, go for that Twilight Struggle Actually, it's a bit different, and it shows that they're actually making a bit of an effort, which is good. Despite what I said earlier about people not making efforts, I like it when people do. Uh, that's the Hungarians. I'm a hypocrite, but I like the Hungarians there. Um, so, I guess after another nice little brief bit of Eurovision there, uh, back on with the show some more. It got a second chance, got a second chance, got a second, got a second, got a second chance. Hey, That's right, I'm in a rowdy mood. I've got a cold beer in my hand, and as people know, us Brits can't handle our drinks. Once we've had one, we have twelve. We beat each other up. We we turn the streets into sewage. And it all starts from just one little bottle of beer, uh, which for me tonight is Asahi, a fine uh, Japanese, uh, Japanese beer. It's very light and perfect for barbecues. So uh, if you have a if you have a chance to try Asahi, remember stick to the age limit and don't drink and drive, kids or adults. Anyway, uh, on with uh, the next segment, which is got a second chance. Um, this is the part of the show, that sounded very slick, this is the part of the show where uh, I look at a game that um, I played once, perhaps didn't like it so much, but uh, played it again anyway, ignoring my rules of uh, not being Buddha, uh, which I ignore sometimes, to give a second go. Normally it's games that I feel I've got a bit of promise to them, 
or that I felt like I might have um, not quite got the most out of and uh, give a second go and then suddenly and the second go ping everything works and it's amazing uh, this week I'm cheating because I like to cheat because I'm English and uh, no that doesn't work um, anyway um, if I'd said that I'd have said Argentinian <laughs> oh football jokes anyway um, the game this week is Primordial Soup now I said I'm cheating because first time I played it brilliant loved it Second time I played it, brilliant, loved it. Third time I played it, not brilliant, didn't love it. And the reason for this, it turns out anyway, was that we played three player. Now, the t two times before we played four player, and I liked it. Um, the third time we played three player, and I didn't really equate the fact that um, having won this player wouldn't be quite so good for the game. Um, I don't know why, because I think a few people have murmured that it plays best with four and not very well with three. It's a game for three and four, Primordial Soup. Um, it's a very good game. I really liked it. And, uh, see, I really liked it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you in suspense until the end of this segment as to whether I still do. But, um, third time play, play with three players. Um, two of us who have played and one newbie, which is a word I hate. I use it anyway, newbie. Um, with three, some of the rules change slightly. The rules on eating poo changes slightly, and you should never change rules on eating poo because the rules are there for a reason and they're good rules. Uh, but anyway, all that changes. And with three, it just didn't work. Um, the new beat didn't like it. Uh, my wife didn't really like it as much when she played before, and even I didn't really like it. And I'm a staunch defender of the game. Um, I was a bit worried, um, but I had the chance after some friends of ours were eyeing up the board rather amused or I guess the box looking at the box seeing all the cute little amoeba playing around frolicking on the box uh, we took it over to us to play now we played again four player but this is important you see because for this second chance chance which was a third chance chance for the fourth chance uh, you see where I'm getting at um, the question was if I enjoyed it again then it's purely a three player thing if I didn't enjoy it then the fun has worn off straight away after like three plays which is bad news do you see what I'm getting at here this is very important so uh, we took it over there and played and uh, explaining the rules they're quite good at getting rules I was quite impressed um, good news good vibes all around uh, she's pregnant at the moment but um, she got past her usual need and desire for bedtime and uh, she got past that and we carried on playing a bit later and I tell you what they liked it and I liked it again so that is good so uh, Primordial Soup which is a, a splendid game of getting amoebas on boards and eating poo and evolving um, whether usefully evolving or uselessly evolving at least you're evolving um, is good at least with four I'd be very slow to play with three I've got many better games for three I say many I'm the king of all game collections but I've got a few better games for three um, which I play in front of that but for four Primordial Soup is still an excellent game and still deserving of my eight rating on Board Game Geek. Um, with three players I'd probably drop it down maybe to a five believe it or not which is pretty shocking I might play seven give it a six but it might go to five but with four it's a very good game and I thoroughly recommend it so um, Primordial Soup it got a second or a third or a fourth chance and it was alright it was just a three player thing Primordial Soup good game Go and get it.
Oh yeah, I'm voting for the Swedes this year. Spot on. Anyway, I'm going to finish there. It's a, a shorter return than usual, sort of 15 minutes less. But Eurovision itself is actually starting. Um, come on, Finland actually, by the looks of it. The first few are pretty awful, but Finland at least are doing quite well. So I'm going to leave this there. Um, all the uh, Eurovision music is available for public um, sort of clip um, listening at Eurovision.tv. Uh, my intro is. Five star full. What planet are we on? Um, I can't remember what website I get it from, but it's one for uh, podcasts. Check back on my other podcasts to um, find out where it is. Quite frankly, hopefully that will cover me legally. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Um, I've decided I will carry on with um, with more happy, happy board game loving. So look forward to some more in the coming week. And it's uh, been good to get back and. Uh, Hopefully, I'll be speaking to you again soon. If you've got any feedback or anything you want to leave me, um, why not check out Hamster of Fury at hotmail.com or um, I'm the guy on Board Game Geek who has a picture of a Japanese girl smiling, then looking down, then smiling, then looking down, then smiling, then looking down. So uh, message me there as well. Uh, it's been great to be back. Uh, see you guys again soon. And girls. See ya.